0: To Warren Radio with your hosts, The Watchman Dana Smith and Tower. Thanks for listening.
1: Greetings and welcome to Warren Radio Battle Lines. I am Tower and we are glad you joined us. On Warren Radio Battle Lines broadcast, we feature an in depth biblical study each week. All correspondence and inquiries of broadcast of the WIBR Warren Radio Network can be sent to us through our contact page on warren-usa.com. Today is Thursday, February 6, 2020, and the scripture reading this week is Exodus chapter 13, verses 17 through chapter 17, verse 16. Judges, chapter 4, verses 4 through chapter 5, verse 31. And the New Testament portion is John, chapter 6, verses 22 through 40. Be sure to follow the WIBR Warren Radio on Twitter at hashtag WatchmanIS216 and hashtag Warren Radio. On LinkedIn, hashtag watchmanis and you can join us on us.life and also MeWe at hashtag WARN Radio. You can listen to our shows by going to warn-usa.com or danaglensmith.com. And you can also listen through these other networks, Blueberry, iHeart Radio, iTunes Player, Apple Podcasts. Spreaker, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play Music, Warren Radio Visions on Blog Talk Radio, Podcast Addict, CastBox, Google Podcast, also on Anchor, and Deezer, and now we are on Podchaser. So a lot of different avenues to listen to the show and you can go to warn-usa.com and danaglensmith.com to get the latest articles written by the watchman. Please take time to read them and pass them on to your friends. They're very pertinent for this day and age we live in and they're also inspired. And this week we feature Raging America. If I were the most famous preacher on earth, I could not do it. If Suddenly, everyone in America were listening to me. I could not do it. Also, America's faithful, wise political servants. America's faithful, who are the wise among us. In our churches, political debates, and in life, who are these people? The ones standing in truth. Are they here? So go to warren-usa.com and dana.glensmith.com, and there you'll find the articles and you can pass them on to your friends. And now I welcome in the Watchmen.
0: You're listening to
1: How are you doing tonight?
0: Well, I'm doing good. How are you doing?
1: Doing great. And tonight is part 35 of Isaiah. That's exciting.
0: Yeah, we're getting up there. Yeah. One day it'll be part of 135.
1: <laughs> Maybe. Maybe.
0: No, I think that's where we're going to wind up uh, by the time we get through this because we're doing it in one-hour segments. And,
1: uh, yeah, that that's really all right. well could be.
0: Well, we're in no hurry. So at any rate, <clears throat> we could start an entire broadcast going through the book of Isaiah, you know. Yeah. You, you know, could. and uh, just set it up to go all year long. Well, at any rate, we're here on a kind of cloudy day. It's winter. It is winter. January wasn't too bad, but February started out. uh, You know, I'm trying to think what February was, but March comes in like a lion and goes like a lamb. I know that. I, I don't know what February does. You know, there's all those month uh, things that we were raised as kids. You know that well. This is the way it is. I yeah. I can't remember I remember the lion and the lamb, probably because we we talk of the Lord a lot, and <clears throat> He's the lion of the tram, yeah. uh the the lion of the, the tribe of Judah, and He's also the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. So I remember the lion and lamb. Yeah. So, it so right. um,
1: it, it if um February comes in, no, if March comes in like a lion, it goes out like a lamb. Yeah. That's how it goes. No.
0: Well, it's yeah. Well, that's what I said.
1: Oh. That, I you were so, cutting out, so I didn't hear it.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, I do that in February. March, <laughs> though, I'm in like a lion. Yeah. Well, at any rate So we got the impeachment over We talked about it not too much yesterday
1: I'm not going to talk about it
0: Well, you know, the problem isn't behind us It's still there You know, it's just that Trump has, uh, you know Freedom to now continue to uh, um, You know
1: Campaign do what
0: for he does. <clears throat> yeah. yeah Pelosi She doesn't know what to do She's pathetic They compared Trump yeah. uh, His speech as being Reagan-esque it, I, it was really a good State of the Union uh, Of course Pelosi Didn't and the Democrats Didn't think so but uh, You know there was even some we liberal Networks that uh, fake news That thought he did a great job That was a great uh, S O. You know, State of the Union,
1: but yeah, uh, yeah, so too. Today, how do you say that, Sadhu or
0: yeah, State, State of the, of the Union. Well, you know, uh, Pelosi held a news conference and started describing uh, Trump. How you know, and she went through all these medical terms. You know, his, you know, his health is not. He he's crazy. He does this. He does that. You know, that's the only thing they can do. It's it's a pathetic thing that that Pelosi that does.
1: Pathetic. yeah.
0: You know, but you know the Democrats are pathetic for doing it. They, you know, it just that you know they can't let it go. So we'll just see. Whatever you know, they, they do, they're going over, to do. I.
1: Yeah, they spent over three million dollars on that. Trump impeachment trying to impeach him Think of what the the good They could have done for the country and for people If they would used that money Wisely instead of Trying to destroy the president
0: Yeah That's true That's I was just going to shame. tell you That's
1: that... embarrassing It's Shame on them
0: Yeah Shameful. it is Well, on this study, we are on page 238 out of 314. It consists of a little under 100,000 words.
1: Wow. Huh, Sadie? Wow.
0: You're talking to my dog?
1: Yeah. You're not supposed to
0: do that on air. You know, (laughs) this is professional.
1: Well, Well, she's sitting back here staring at me, so I have to talk to her.
0: No, dear, you don't <laughs> You know, I spoke to her in German today And she just about had a conniption fit
1: no, I would do I wouldn't know what you're saying
0: She looked She's at me like She's
1: not a German Well, she was looking she doesn't all understand. over She did not understand but... German <laughs>
0: <laughs> Yeah, it was funny Well, at any rate, today we are going to uh, be in Isaiah, the 20th chapter. We're going to be getting through this because we're going to be in Isaiah 21, Isaiah 21, 6. Go set a watchman and let him declare what he seeth. I've been using that for over two decades now. Uh, The Lord uh, gave me that a long time ago. And... uh, so at any rate we we will get to that in time but uh, we're still talking about uh the king of assyria and uh, we were up here a bit and verse 3 of 20 and we talked about the fact as as it says here <clears throat> excuse me, like as my servant Isaiah has walked naked and barefoot three years for a sign and wonder upon Egypt, upon Ethiopia. Uh, we talked about that fact that no, he wasn't naked. He took his outer coat off. We explained that and, and talked talked about it. And then of course we, we go from there, but see the thing of it is it was a sign because you would normally have worn that coat and everything. And, and, uh, so at any rate, in verse 4, immediately follow, follow that. You see, the watchman, uh, you know, uh, the prophet, is uh, walking around for three years giving a sign. Now, that's a long time for a sign, three years. And uh, so every time he was prophesying, every time he met people, uh, every time he would know if he went before, uh, you know, the king, whatever he did, he was going before like that and of course in his day and age like ours where we run around you know in some of the most outrageous garbs well you know they would have they don't have outrageous garbs back then but at any rate for for them him taking off his coat and doing some things like that uh, really uh, would have caused some attention why are you dress like that why are you doing that um, And so verse 4 following that uh the scripture goes right in to say so shall the king of Assyria lead away Egyptian prisoners and the Ethiopians captives now we were, we have discussed the fact of the Ethiopians and the Egyptians both were quite well equipped when it comes to being able to uh, They have an army the Ethiopians in fact had had a whole group of people that were really really vicious but the Assyrians were pretty big and vicious on their own and so um, it says they will lead them away young and old naked and barefoot even with their buttocks uncovered to the shame of Egypt now that's that was a tactic back then as well as a number of other things which they did um According to uh, Giovanni Battista Belzoni, sometimes he was known as the great Belzoni. He was an Italian explorer and a pioneer archaeologist of the Egyptian antiquities. And uh, this comes into play because he found on the Egyptian monuments uh, the fact that uh, there were uh, images of Egyptians uh being taken away captive and they were uh young and old naked and barefoot on that you could you could see from the things and he makes note of that um, so it's uh <clears throat> now here along this is the this does form the alliance of egypt Egypt and ethiopia, and of course you know if you've got a big enemy coming at you. Uh, one of the one of the biggest things that you would have done is get with other people to you know your forces together so you could uh, uh, protect yourself and your country. And verse five of that says, and they shall be afraid and ashamed of Ethiopia, their expectation in Egypt, their glory. When other powerful nations see what happened to the strongest nations, very warlike as Ethiopia and Egypt, then particularly Judah, who. Isaiah has been more warning, we'll take note. Now see, um, and the inhabitant of this isle, this is verse 6, uh, shall say that day, behold, such is our expectation, whether we flee for help to be delivered from the king of Assyria, or how shall we uh, escape? Now, the particular isle is uh, referring to the coast on, on the Mediterranean, Philistia, perhaps Phoenicia as well, but see, when talking about uh, big power like that, that can absolutely destroy some of the most foremost countries. And of course, uh, you know, both Egypt and Ethiopia together, they would have been very, very uh, powerful nations. So the fact that they were over would would have sent shockwaves not only to Judah, dear God, that would just scare them to death. And, uh, but, uh, the thing of it is, is that, uh, a lot of this, uh, reflects back on the conquest of Sumerian Ashdod. And, uh, we find that as a result of that, the Ethiopian Egyptian empire, uh, and of course, again, uh, Judah refer is referring, you know, within this context, uh, Isaiah and we've discussed this, uh, that they had trusted in the reed Egypt, which is uh, leaning on Egypt. And we talked about that, too, because uh, Judah, you know, Israel always has had and always will have, even to this day, has connections to Egypt. And Egypt is really looked upon in prophecy quite a bit when it comes to that relationship. And even in the latter times. Uh, it, it's looked upon as being a place where um, some potential uh, real pertinent prophecies will come to pass. And, of course, under Hezekiah, uh Judah had fallen away from Assyria, and Sennacherib had to make war on Egypt. And, uh, Sennacherib, then, he, he comes over to Jerusalem and that's where he meets his final end. But even though he lost to Jerusalem, that didn't destroy Assyria at all. And, uh, but we did talk about the last rulers of the Syrian empire and, uh, and uh, the rulership that was actually connected to uh, Israel as well in the last days before uh, Judah was taken captive by Babylon. And, of course, then it was uh, Babylon for 70 years that uh, Israel was sub- Judah was subject to. And then it was Cyrus of Persia, which is Iran, uh, you know, came along and freed him and uh, commanded him to go back. So that's, uh, you know, th- again, this is, this is the 20, 20 chapters now. And we're dealing with uh, the judgments not just on, on Judah here, which is to come. But judgments on other nations, and of course, uh, Isaiah does talk about Babylon. And it's interesting because in the first verse, after all this other stuff, all of a sudden the tone changes. And it's a of the desert of the Euphrates that refers to that. Uh, We've also talked about the different seas in, in regard to Euphrates. Uh, As whirlwinds in the south pass through, so it cometh from the desert from a terrible land. And, uh, you know, a lot of times when we when we look at judgment, we try to find um, examples. Uh, Scripture is full of examples of highlighting what uh, the awesomeness of God is. You know, some of the things fire rimstone uh, another thing is the mountain uh, the mountains will melt you know at his appearance uh, when he comes and there's a lot of these uh, various uh, very uh, um, uh, significant examples that you you get this look and you see a tremendous storm that that has come and how are you going to survive that storm well we have already a storm, which is actually uh, the coronavirus that has hit so bad over in China. And of course, the fear is traveling through over uh, into Hong Kong. It's traveling, uh, of course, into Shanghai and uh, Shanghai, I think, was uh, shut down as well. Um, it's traveling also affecting all of the travel this time of year. And it was the sign of, uh, uh, the year of the rat this year. It's kind of interesting that this would hit during the year of the rat. Uh, and then of course you would, uh, look up in Russia and, uh, you know they're sealing all their borders off. Thailand was worried about it, and they started getting in a lot of people. And so you look at that, and and that's the kind of thing that happens when we when we talk about these things. It, it's uh, so it cometh from the desert, from a, a terrible land. And of course, if you're if you're used to seeing some of the movies that played through especially of those that occur in the desert around uh, um, Egypt and Saudi Arabia, these other places, and you have these caravans of, of uh, camels and uh, drivers and traders, and they're following the trade routes, and then these winds, these storms come up from the south, and they're so bad that you actually have to get your animals down uh, and the camels and lay them down. And you have to get behind it. And best thing to just pull something over you, and the dust will actually lay over you about an inch. I mean, they're terrible. We've seen pictures of them even, uh, you know, in the last several years, even hitting Israel dust storms and various other things. So this what this is referred to uh uh, kylan delete said it this way a storm comes to babylon from the south the storm is compared to those terrible storms of nature now that's that's a normal thing that we see uh in scripture especially the old testament trying to relate to the readers the detrimental uh impact of it and of course You know, when we talk about this, it's not like today, okay? You know, up here where we live, it gets really, really cold. We get a lot of snow. We just had a ton of snow here not too long ago. I still have huge drifts outside. Now, see, if you would have been in a covered wagon back in the old west, you see, in the wintertime, you're not going to go anywhere in that covered wagon with your animals. And matter of fact, there's no heater in them. You know, in the morning when I want to go somewhere, I get the car out, turn it on, let it heat up. It has auto lock on it. It has uh, defrost on the windows. I mean, there's no big deal, you know. And uh, if we have some snow, we just get out of the way. We have automatic snow plows. We have people around town that that plow roads. I mean, that's what we do in modern society. Uh, If you were back in the Old West and something came like that, that would be very detrimental. It would really worry you. Uh, today, in order to get modern society to really be concerned, it has to be way beyond the bar of what we're used to. And see, so many times when we when we talk about these things, modern society says, Well that's a good deal. Well, in your modern society, maybe not, but back in time it was. If God is gonna judge uh China, if He's gonna judge Russia. If he's going to Europe or in Asia or uh, uh, Africa or over in America, you think he's going to send a simple storm. No, if he were really going to judge, there's going to come along that you haven't seen in a hundred to two hundred years, if you've ever seen it at all. And so, make no mistake. When we talk about judgment. When we talk about things happening, these. These uh, and when you look at them from the standpoint, uh, when we look at them from the standpoint of modern technology, it's just like ah, that's not that bad. Yeah, it is, because what is coming? so no, what is coming is not the of sand, but it is a storm nonetheless, the likes of which they would not have seen. And they came up from the south to destroy Babylon, and very, very violent. And, of course, the one who conquered Babylon was Cyrus, Cyrus the Great. Matter of fact, in Scripture, Cyrus is referred to as the anointed of the Lord. And the guy didn't, (laughs) you know, he didn't know the Jewish God, but he knew what he had to do. And the thing of it is, God had put in his heart what to do. And uh, so he overran Babylon. They went in there. And it's really a good description of, of how this happened. Uh, the Medio Persia land itself is called a terrible land because it was situated outside the circle of civilized nations by which the land of Israel was surrounded. And so you have just a lot of things within this judgment thing, and Isaiah says. And, and of course, when we talk again, remember this hasn't happened yet. But if we look in Jeremiah, he spent a long time warning Judah about what was to come, and and Babylon was the one that was going to do it. Isaiah looks beyond the initial uh, to the fact of Babylon itself being destroyed because Babylon was bad uh, cookie. And so, when we look at Babylon, many times we like to look at it in regards to prophecy, and that that's something that we try to equate to mystery babylon but but be careful uh you know when we talk about uh, Babylon itself, it was it was a big city, just like Nineveh was. These were very, very powerful cities. They had a lot of trade. A lot of people did trade with them. A lot of them had been conquered and, and just did trade with them. And uh, as long as uh, the nations they conquered pay the tribute and allow them to rule, then uh, they would get along fine. That's exactly what the Roman Empire did. That was kind of the status quo. If you conquered someone, you know, you you let them go. But uh, if they started messing around, you'd go in there and teach them a lesson. So uh, that was how it went. And so uh, in verse 2, it says, A grievous vision is declared unto me, The treacherous dealer dealeth treacherously, and the spoiler spoileth. Now, you know, the thing of it is, is that, uh, Go up, O Elam, that Elam's the son of Shem here, uh, is referring to Persia, against uh, Cyrus, uh, today's modern Iran, and it would encompass a little more than just Iran itself. Oh, Media, uh, that that Medea, uh, meaning the Medes, uh, the United Kingdom here is what it's referring to the Medes and the Persians. Uh, we called it Medio Persia. They go and besiege Babylon, and it says, uh, All the sighing thereof have I made to cease. Uh, <laughs> Yes you know whenever I'm talking about when we talk about judgment and you have something like that i I you know you, you think about it, yeah, the sighings uh the sighing cease because nobody's alive, the sighings cease because they've already been defeated, the sighings cease uh see I mean when it comes to judgment, you know th- there's something uh, that the prophets have done with the prophets um you know, we have rules to, you know, close in the door about you until the indignation be overpassed, talking about God wants to protect, going and close yourself about. In Babylon, the Lord told the people. You know, to let Jerusalem come to, your, uh, come to mind. Go back to Jerusalem in Mystery Babylon. God says to His people, Come, about, come out of her, my people. You know, literally get out of her. not Just as Christians, uh, not you know, when we when we look at it from the Christian standpoint, uh, being in a in a country and we're not of a country. We're in the world, but we're not of the world. You know, so you have two things the spiritual and the physical difference of being sanctified under the lord god and doing those things which he appreciates that's out of uh, bounds uh, away from the world but yet you're living in the world so you're subject to everything there that's where you buy your food that's where you you live and and so that there's there's that conflict in there and when god judges the physical portion uh, that affects everybody. So if, if you were living in a nation that was being besieged, whether you were a believer in God or not, uh, and if he had sent a prophet, especially in the Old Testament, God would have made a way for for most of those people to leave. And that was the way it was. There was always uh, an escape route, something that they were to do. Um, in Jeremiah's case, when he was uh, spent all that time, um, uh, warning god told him that him and his uh helper uh, his uh, scribe the one that followed him around and wrote everything down would be safe and this would have gone for the others who who agreed with uh, uh jeremiah and so when jeremiah was standing he was in jerusalem when they took it over and they didn't do anything to him they let him go they gave him a choice the the and you can read this in Jeremiah at the end of it. Uh, you can come with us or you can stay here, whatever you want to do. Well, he w- he still had to do some things at that time. He had to try to tell the the children of Israel from going down into Egypt because God didn't want them to go to Egypt. He wanted them to stay where they were. Um, so at any rate, uh, these, these are all issues that come up there. So the treacherous dealer here, of course, is Babylon. And the treacherous dealer uh, who dealt treacherously with other nations, who spoiled other nations, was itself going to be spoiled. It was going to face, uh, as Scripture says, whatsoever you do, you know, um, it's going to be done unto you. Whatever a man sows, so shall you reap. Whatever a nation does, eventually it'll come back on him. And that's the way it is. That's why if you have a nation, uh, you know, and that's Iran— uh, or if you have a nation that is trying to cause trouble all the time, eventually that nation will get a comeuppance. That's the way it is. God is the governor of the nations, and these things happen. And then Isaiah 20 through 21, 3, it says, Therefore, are my life filled with pain? Pains have taken a hold of me as the pangs of a woman that travaileth. I was bowed down at the hearing of it. I was dismayed at the seeing of it now see this is one thing that uh, in the modern church uh, we have those who have the gift of prophecy we have a lot of other gifts uh, the gifts of the spirit you and so you've got the fruits of the spirit the gifts of the spirit and within all of that you know people can prophesy they can say wow well, yeah, this is going to happen and that's going to happen and those come through the spirit of god And uh, a lot of these things, when we're talking about the Old Testament prophets, they had full visions. They were in those full visions. And like Daniel, when he started having visions, he would be sick for days. Uh, A lot of times he didn't even know what they meant. He just wrote them down. And uh, uh, when we get to the end of the book, uh, you know, one that uh, we use to this day for uh, prophecy, you know, and that is they will run to and fro in the earth and knowledge shall be increased and they'll run to and fro in the earth. And that's what we do. We run to and fro in our planes. You know, we run to and fro in our, in our country with all the technology, the motorcycles, the cars and everything else. And, uh, you know, we run to and fro everywhere in, in the earth. And knowledge shall be increased. We we have all kinds of knowledge. As sometimes we don't have the wisdom to know what to do with it because we're foolish in that m- matter. But, see, this is the thing today. We have knowledge. We have technologies. So God, you know, uh, and, and the general feeling, and I've used this for a long time, and that is in dealing with uh, Egypt of old and the Pharaoh, uh, you know, the world looks at that and considers it just a story, to, you know, a, a tale. That is to be told, not true. um but see, the thing of it is is uh, a lot of that has to do with who we are today because we've got technology, we've got rockets and missiles. we've got every kind of knowledge there is, we can uh we We're understanding more and more about the human body, about diseases, about how to fight them, how to live longer. Uh, Kirk Douglas, uh, we all know, he just died the other day. He was 103. There's not many people that lived to be 103. But he had Jewish roots, and that's one of the reasons he, he lived long. They do have that within their gene pool. That is, unless you lived in the time of Hitler, you didn't have a very long gene pool as a Jew back then. But you see, this is the way it is. So we would look at it. We'd say, well, you know, that's, you know, if we would have been back there, we had rockets and missiles and we had everything at our disposal. You know, this God wouldn't have had a chance. You know, we we postulate in our mind that we know better than God, that God is not really there, that we're not going to believe in him because look at everything, man himself is God. I mean, these are the lies of the devil. This is exactly what the devil told Eve, you know. He said, you shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. And that's exactly what happened. We do know good and evil. We know what's good and we know what's evil. We can't stay away from it unless Christ can redeem us from the curse. But you see, he didn't tell us that you're going to fall. He didn't tell her that you're going to be kicked out of the garden. He didn't tell her that that sin would uh, would cross you off the list of being with God all the time, that clothes. You were going to be cast out. You're going to be naked unless God gave you something to wear, which was clothes off the animals. You were going to have to cook. You were going to have to learn how to do what know what fire was, um, and so... You know, before all you did was wander around stark naked and you had blood surrounding you in the garden and everything was wonderful. You ate fruit and things like that, and everything was wonderful, nice. There were leaves in the garden, there was no nothing. The se- next second after you uh, ate of the fruit, you passed out and you got stinky uh, animal skins. I'm going to get cold and you have to live in a cave. Nothing like where you were. And so, folks, this this is what happens when man in his technology, man in his thinking, man gets to saying, well, I'm bigger than God. You're not bigger than God. I don't care who you are. I don't care what your name is. I don't care how much money you got. Because God laughs at the nations of men who threaten him. He will have them in derision, Scripture says, Psalm 2. And so therefore here's the prophet and he sees this stuff and, and it's it grips him to the point as if he is in childbirth himself, convulsing sitting over at the knees, because it was so gripping as what he seen, the falling of century. And he goes in verse four, My heart handed, fearfulness frightened me in the night of my pleasure as he turned to fear, you know, having have dreams, you know. So the vision took a hold of him and in his And in this humanity, and of course, this is something that happens to you. It's it's hard to understand because when you get in an open vision, you're there in the middle. And in the open vision, you see things. And matter of fact, you can be seeing things, and they can almost at times literally run right through. It's really a strange feeling, but it's all there. It's all happening. It's all real. It's right there. And yet at the same point... <laughs> you in place
1: there?
0: Yeah, <clears throat> you know, this is, um, all this is so interesting because how that happen? Well, you see, God called the end from the beginning. He already knows what's going to happen. That's hard to imagine, isn't it? All the way to the end. Well, this prophet had this full. Vision, he's there. And he sees this, and it's so, gritting, so, so uh, real. And he would have seen everything. He would have seen him get slaughtered. He would have seen everything happening, and it would have absolutely been so real and so terrifying. And that and, and see what we call it as the word of the Lord. Because when the word of the Lord comes to you, and God shows this to you, lays it on yours and in your spirit, and you can't get rid of it till he. You know, until you get rid of it, you have to prophesy it. You have to write about it. You have to tell people. And, you know, the the these visions, these things are, are just like um, you're there. And, uh, you know, you, you can't control. You're not controlling the vision. You're just there. And you're seeing it. God's doing it. And you're thinking, wow. So when you get out of it, you, you may not know what this means you may not even understand it the understanding comes as god unfolds it um you know you get uh, you know what it is he knew that it was judgment he knew who it was coming upon but you know it just was uh terror uh took over at night you know it just it, it you know because you're so impressed. And whenever you get as a human being in the presence of the anointing of God in a real manner, your flesh will not be able to take it, just like you can't look at God. Uh, and that's why Moses couldn't. He had to be hid. But see, today, through Christ now, we have entered in, and we can enter in through the Spirit uh, into the place and get in touch with the Lord because his spirit is within us. But yet the fact of the matter is, is that if you were dealing with uh, angelic presences, if you're in, and I'm talking real true good angels, uh, because uh, you can get some of these cares from the other side that are not buddies, they're evil. And so you don't want to get into angelic presences and a lot of this other stuff. And the, unless you really know what you're doing. The best thing is to stick praying and keeping yourself in tune with the Lord that way, through his word and stuff like that. Uh, You know, I I could sit you down and tell you examples uh, of things where people wound up, groups of people, uh, and uh, that was to no good this is i mean this is a major prophet here and he's being shook to his core he's already seen what happened to israel and in the first chapter the first few chapters we covered he was, he was feeling some of the same stuff uh, daniel felt it uh felt this stuff when he got the visions he got that he um you know he didn't really understand all of it there was some of it that came that that he was really disturbed bothered and it and it had physical consequences within your body and this is this is one of the one of the things that happens uh when when you have an anointing as a prophet um uh you know related in this manner, it's you you will know your flesh gets weak um there's just a lot of things and uh Uh, I don't want to really get into them, but (laughs) when you look at this guy, it scared the prophet. Uh, You know, literally, he could feel it. It's not that he was actually scared. It's just he felt fear of the people. He felt the terror and everything. Everything that goes with that that judge as a prophet, he would have felt it. So we can relate that to those who he was warning um and it, it's just like that. that's writer's day uh, good writers will look for inspiration they will place and a writer uh if you write um you, you have to do it uh quietly by, by yourself it, it's a one uh you know uh type thing you know you don't you don't write with a lot of people around you write, uh and and it's a, a that happens, but when you get in this, it's special. Right? And uh, being a, being an Old Testament prophet is exactly the funnest thing you're going to want to do. Everybody thinks cool, <clears throat> but I can tell you right now that in my life some of the things that have been shown. Uh, and and I don't claim to be a prophet. I don't like the word prophet today at all. It's associated with uh, uh, you know, the Old Testament prophets, said that funny, the people that call themselves prophets and apostles and these things, uh, they're anathema to me. Many of them, they're just knuckleheads, period. They don't even know what they're talking about. If you ever meet some of these people, you have to understand that there is, is a difference here. So now let's get into Babylon And of course in Babylon You have a couple of scriptures here uh, Isaiah 21 6 For thus has the Lord said unto me Go set a watchman Let him declare what he sees That's what a watchman does That's what a prophet does A prophet is considered a watchman But yet in this case The king is doing something Now see we're talking about the king of Babylon The king of Babylon They're powerful The king of Babylon doesn't have the king of Babylon has a watchtower. He has a watchman he puts in it, and it's up to the watchman to look around and uh, ring the bell to tell him, you know, to sound. If you're in Israel, he would sound the trumpet, the shofar. Um, so the king uh, in Babylon speaks. Uh, okay, so he's speaking here. Prepare the table, he says. Why? Because they're going to have a feast. It's going to be a night of revelry. You're in Babylon, all the chief. Uh, Uh, princes, and all the ones who are close to the king, his special guests, they party. They party every night. They did this in the Roman Empire. This was typical. This is typical of royalty. It happened during the times of the knights and the kings when they had the vassals and the serfs and everything else. All the poor people worked the fields and the king and his princes every night would dine on the uh, would feast and and the whole thing. So they're going to prepare the table for a feast, a night of partying, and uh, <clears throat> watch in the watchtower. In other words, watch. and so th- that's a normal thing. Go set the watch. Make sure that he's in the watchtower. And uh, so the watchman's up in the watchtower. What has he got to eat? Well, they're doing down there. He has to set up watchtower by himself. Most of the time i does even see anything because you're in Babylon. Nobody's stupid enough to attack Babylon, and, and he knows it. All the princes know it, so they're, they're they're just preparing. They're not taking their shields with them. Their shields are put off to the side. They don't even have them. They don't have nothing ready. For Major battle, nothing. They're they're at the table. They're going to. Peace. He says, "Prepare the table. Watch in the watchtower." He says, "Drink." You know, get over here, come eat and drink. We're ready, hard. We want to get this show on our rise, princes, and anoint thee all of a sudden well, attacked. Now, you say, The Lord is here in Isaiah 21 said to me, Go to the watchman, and let him declare. And so it, it's as if. Isaiah is the watchman and himself, and really so seeing this from this standpoint. He's there, you know, he heard the king, he said, he, and, and set the you know, uh, the watch, uh, prepare the the watch and the water, The watchman has to go up there, get everything ready. He sits in there all the time, he looks, he's by himself. uh Isaiah sees that too. It's like he's right there. And, uh, so the Lord said to him, go set a watchman and let him declare what he sees. And so this watchman is looking out and see Isaiah is if he sees through this guy's eyes. He sees what's coming. And it says, and he saw a chariot with a couple of horsemen, a chariot of asses, a chariot of camels, and he hearkened diligently with much heed. We'll see did he hearken because normally there's nobody doing. Anything. Nobody is stupid enough to form a line of cavalry a line of an army against Babylon. But there was a problem
1: here.
0: Things are not going well for Babylon right now because the king and all of his buddies are still, you know, doing their thing down there. And finally they realize they're being attacked. Now, see, this was a long line of, of the army that, that was dancing. This was the Medes and the Persians. Uh, the Medes and the Persians usually fought on uh, on horseback, or they were like cavalry, on foot. Uh, but here they were arranged. It says a couple of horses, chariots of asses, and of chariots of, castles, uh, of camels. So they were like an army, two by two. They were going towards... Um, Babylon now one of the stories you know about Babylon that they had found a way to get into Babylon without the rest of them knowing about it once they got in they were able to open the gates and breach the city and so in uh, Isaiah 21 8 he says, "A lion, my lord, I stand continually upon the watchtower in the daytime, and I am set in my ward whole night. See, he he he's, he he's talking about the whole thing, and he is disturbed. He's crying aloud. They're being attacked, you know, just like a lion would roar. He would get. up he would just. You know, this is happening. And, you know, the thing of it is, he saw a line of people. Then all of a sudden, he says, my Lord, I stand continually upon the watchtower in the daytime, and I am set in my or- ward whole nights." And, you know, all of a sudden, they had disappeared for a minute. He said, and then all of a sudden, he says, I'm... This is what I do all, all the time. I look, and I can see things, but they're not there. And then the next verse, he says, Behold, here cometh the chariot of men. They show up with a couple of horsemen, and he answered and said, Babylon has fallen, has fallen, and all the graven images of her gods he has broken to the ground. Now, when we look at this, there are people that, a uh, uh, couple of different interpretations here, but. When we look at it from the standpoint of the watchman who had seen this long procession, he was up there all the time, a different watchman. And they're in Babylon. Nobody ever attacks. Finally, someone shows up after a long time. Then they disappear. He is really disturbed that they disappear. He wants to know what happened. Then all of a sudden, he sees them all back in the line, and they're almost up to the city. They're going into to breach the city. And he says Babylon is fallen. He just says, We're done for. All the graven image, everything is going to be tossed to the ground. And and of course, you know, this is this is one of those things that any nation could be this nation. But when we go back to Isaiah twenty one, six, see, in the New Testament, God commands us as Christians to watch for you do not know the hour. In the first book I wrote about what God had called me to do, D-Day for America, I I talk about these things. And see, in America, just like in Babylon or any other country, China's never been breached. Russia, just during World War II, But America never has. Europe's been overtaken. America has never had her borders breached by foreign troops. Now, see, when God gave me this about what was coming to America, the first time was back in the mid-70s. And I told Tower about it. It was around that time. That America, as we know it, would cease to exist, and that's all I'm going to say about it. I don't talk about any visions. I don't. I don't even want to go there. But the bottom line of it is, is that when you are powerful nations, you get it in your head that you're going to be fine. You go about your business. Look at America. You know, see Trump. Trump is there, and many of the Democrats hate him because he wants secure borders. Now, you see, you have Bernie Sanders who says, well, open the borders up. Uh, So does uh, Warren. So does the the other Democratic. They just want to open up the borders. Sanders says he'll tear it down. Well, see, they don't understand that there are nations that would want to walk on your streets, rape your women, put your kids in slavery, take everything you have, and burn your cities and destroy you. Do you know that? If you don't, you better get your head out of the sand, because I'm here to tell you that just like Babylon falls, any can fall. And because America represents more than any other nation today, mystery Babylon, you had better pay attention to what the Lord is saying in these days. You had better wake up. And that's what I'm saying. When we look at this and we see what happens with Babylon, when we see these things, and when I especially look at Isaiah 21, 6, for thus has the Lord said unto me, and the Lord God gave me Isaiah 21, 6. And I mean, I didn't dream it up. He gave it to me. Go set a watchman and let him declare what he sees. I was a watchman that was appointed by the Lord, whether you like it or not, whether you believe it or not. And we've been doing it for over two decades because of what God had given me so long ago. And yet, even when back then, I still didn't understand everything. All your knowledge don't come at once. All the things you're not ready for, it. God has to bring you along. And if you reject it, you go your own path. Isaiah didn't have to receive these visions. He stayed obedient. God gives you that opportunity. Moses is the same way. Moses didn't have to finish all that. He could have walked away from the burning bush and go serve other gods, but instead he didn't. You see, this is the thing. When God redeems a Christian, he gives you a choice. And you have got to walk in that choice according to the word of God and stay there because there's only one power on earth that is going to sustain you, going to deliver you, and going to help you out of troubles, including the coronavirus. And to the Christians that are in these places, God is able to keep you. You stay on your knees. You rebuke this thing you stand up in power you fast and pray you call down angels round about you understand that the communist government does not believe in the god that heals and delivers it is time that god's people understood just as Moses went up to Pharaoh and said, let my people go. So God is saying to the world and to the devil and to the nations of men, let my people go. And he's going to send plagues. He's going to allow things happen because the tribulation is coming one day upon a rebellious earth. But as a believer, you better get up there and believe, because you have a choice, baby, and that choice is life or death, and it tells you that in Deuteronomy 30. It's time for you to make a decision who you're going to believe and who you're going to understand that is the one that's in charge. It's not America. It's not the Democrats. It's not Trump. You know, the Jews see uh, Trump, I've said that before, as Cyrus. But I can tell you one thing. He's not up there just because he wanted to become president. I'll tell you one thing. God manipulates elections. He he brings in who he wants. Trump's up there. Whether you like him or hate him, he's up there for a reason. And one thing this guy has done, he's pro-Israel. He's been pro-Christian. He has been anti-abortion and pro-life for children. He is the most staunch advocate of those three things of any person we have had. God is saying to this nation about abortion, stop killing your children and sacrificing them to Baal, just like he told Israel. He's saying to the Christian, be sanctified in me and watch out and walk before me as what I've commanded you. And he's saying, support my people Israel, because I'm not done with them. It's time for you to understand that this same God that spoke to the prophets is speaking to this generation today, and you have to have ears to hear. Father, we thank you for your word today. Lord, bless your people. Help them to understand. Help them to receive this message. Help them to receive your word and to walk in a manner before you as you have called them to. And in Jesus' name, I bind you, Satan, and the powers of darkness from the preaching, teaching, streaming, and receiving of this word in Jesus' name. Okay, Tower.
1: Okay. Well... That's very interesting. I hope people wake up. I don't want to be on the wrong side of the Lord. I'll tell you that. It's not a pretty sight.
0: <clears throat> no. No. No, it isn't. That's true.
1: One thing that really bothers me is uh, the innocence. <clears throat> Excuse me, the innocent they get destroyed along with them because of their the sins of the people. You know, the the children and I yeah. find that that bothers me a lot.
0: Well, you know, the other thing of it is is that when you follow the responsibility, uh the prophets are always talking about the leaders. And the leaders Almost all the time are the ones that lead their people into sin It was in Israel's case all the time And if we look at, at Germany and Hitler You know, they call uh, Trump Hitler The people in this country have no as who Hitler was
1: That's right
0: We have a baby generation of big mouth and rebellious and lawlessness We're going to have to get out of here
1: Okay, good night everybody, thanks for joining us God bless you richly. We love you. We pray for you. Pray for your brethren. We pray for China. Good night, everybody.
0: Don't forget to go by our websites, warn-usa.com, Shalom, everybody. We'll see you tomorrow. Thank you for listening to this episode of
1: The Warren Radio.